You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean, dire because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. As you will see right about now, I am by myself today. As so ha- often happens to our fantasy teams during the middle of the season, bye weeks take a toll, and you're left with, you know, only a few starting options. I apparently am the sole starting option. If you were tuning in hoping for more than just me, I get it. Uh, I'm going to be looking at the Monday Night Football recap. I'll give you my top 12 at each fantasy position for the week, and I'll be looking ahead at the Thursday night preview. Uh, Will the Ravens go and battle the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It looks good on paper. Will it be a good game? I will save my thoughts for a few minutes from now. First, a few news and notes. If you uh, missed it, Frank Clark was suspended for two games, the Chiefs defensive end. The Chiefs are on a bye this week. The only two bye week teams are the Chiefs and the Chargers, so Frank Clark will be out weeks 9 and 10, probably have a pretty good impact on the Chiefs. They're looking pretty good, 5-2 and two atop the AFC West and in a good position to make the playoffs and be one of the top teams in the AFC again. The other big thing, Dennis and I were talking about uh, Michael Carter and all the new opportunities for him with Brees Hall going out with injury. And just as we were wrapping up that show, the Jets traded for James Robinson. Uh, This is an interesting trade, an interesting trade for both the team and the player. The Jets are five and two. They're in good shape to possibly make the playoffs. They've been a real contending team, one of the bright spots this season. And it's probably a good move for James Robinson. We noted last week, the Jaguars didn't give Robinson a single carry or a single reception. In fact, from week 
weeks four to seven, James Robinson is RB65 on the season. His usage and his production going way down. But weeks one to three, when he was their feature back, he was actually RB3. Um, so I think that portends good things for the Jets. They've been a very run-heavy team. They've used both Hall and Carter. I think Carter will probably still be the better performer in – Week eight, just because Robinson's still going to be getting up to speed and getting going. But going forward, I think James Robinson, that's an interesting addition for a Jets team that seems like it's in line to make the playoffs. Uh, those are the two big news and note items. So we will turn to the Monday night game, which ended up being a big surprise. I think all of us picked the Patriots, thought that they would hold serve at home. They did not. The Chicago Bears came in and sort of blew them away. 33 to 14. Both teams end up now three and four. We'll get to the Patriots and their quagmire at QB in a minute. First, I want to talk a little bit about Justin Fields. Another big game for Fields, uh, fantasy-wise and also production-wise. The team ends up scoring 33 points and getting the win, and he was a big part of it. 13 of 21 passing, only 179 yards through for a touchdown and an interception. Not incredible, but also had 14 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. When it comes to fantasy, early in the season, the Bears' passing game in total was kind of a stay away, but Justin Fields has really been rounding into shape of late. He was cute. QB5 for week seven based on that performance on Monday night, but he's actually QB4 the last three weeks. I had to play Justin Fields in a couple of leagues last week as we're going through bye weeks and some QB shifts, but now I may unironically play him. He seems to be on kind of a hot streak. We'll see how it goes as the Bears head in to play Dallas. Pretty tough defense in Dallas, but I like what Fields is doing and the way Chicago is seemingly figuring out how to use their sophomore quarterback. On the other side, another sophomore quarterback that's having a little bit more of a dicey situation. Mac Jones returned to action after missing a few weeks with a high ankle sprain. He did not last very long in the game. He only threw six passes, going three for six uh, for 13 yards through an interception before he got benched for Bailey Zappi. And if you were listening to the game, you actually heard Patriots fans sort of calling for Zappi. Mac Jones also had an ugly play where he was on a slide and may have kicked somebody a little bit below the belt. Kind of an interesting turn of events. Zappi came in and the Patriots actually had a lead for a short bit of time, but then he ended up finishing 14 to 22, 185 yards, had a touchdown that had two pretty brutal interceptions down the stretch. The question would be, what happens at the quarterback situation in New England? There was a lot of chatter that maybe Mac Jones would be a good trade target for teams, uh, may get traded. It seems like Mac Jones is back taking all the first-team reps, according to the reports, and that he's in line to start uh, for the Patriots in Week 8. We'll see how long of a leash he gets, uh, what happens, but I think it's certainly a situation to monitor. For me, uh, especially if you're in Dynasty. I think Bailey Zappi should be rostered at this point in time. It feels like a very fluid situation. We've seen Zappi produce some interesting fantasy numbers when he's been in. But that does it for our Monday night recap, a surprising game, and uh, a lot to talk about when it comes to quarterbacks. I'm going to sh- quickly transition to my top 12 for the week, starting at quarterback. As I mentioned, the Chiefs and the Chargers are the two teams on by, so we have 30 teams that will be in action this week. Of course, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes were two consensus top 12 options, so you will be looking for replacements. Uh, Quarterback number 12 for me is Marcus Mariota. 
Um, the passing offense hasn't been robust, but Mariota, another guy doing a lot of things with his legs for fantasy, he's been a much more viable option than either of his two big pass catchers, Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Number 11 for me, Daniel Jones. I know you're thinking, what Daniel Jones? But he is actually QB9 on the season. He's another guy. He's not been putting up gaudy passing numbers, but he's been incredibly efficient. He's not turning the ball over, and he's doing a lot with his legs. Number 10, Geno Smith. The Seahawks are alone in first place in the NFC. C West. They'll be playing the Giants this week. That might actually be one of the better games of the week. Who would have thought that back in August? Number nine for me, Tua Tagovailoa. Um, playing Detroit. Miami does a lot of its damage through the air. I expect some big things playing a weaker Detroit Lions defense. Number eight for me, Kirk Cousins, another guy. He's been pretty efficient. They're playing Arizona. It could be a more up-tempo game. The Vikings are five and one. Look like one of the better teams in the NFC. Number seven, Derek Carr. And that's uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. He's been pretty good. They're playing New Orleans. New Orleans has been giving up a lot of points. I think this could be a good game for Carr. <clears throat> Number six, Kyler Murray. He's another guy doing it with his legs. DeAndre Hopkins coming back really seems to have helped him. Number five, Dak Prescott. I know he wasn't a lot of high-volume passing in his first game back, but I think they're going to slowly get more going. Number four, Joe Burrow. Uh, the Bengals are playing the Browns on Monday Night Football. I think Joe Burrow has been doing just fine. Number three for me, Jalen Hurts, fresh off a of bye. They're playing Pittsburgh. He's another guy who's doing it with his legs and with his arm. Same for number two, Lamar Jackson. They are going against Tampa Bay. Lamar. Didn't have an incredible week last week, but you got to bank on the opportunity. And number one for me is Josh Allen still for Buffalo. They're playing Green Bay on Sunday night football. Uh, we go to running backs. Number 12 for me, Christian McCaffrey. The Rams are uh, hosting the 49ers. Going to be a big divisional game. We'll see if McCaffrey gets more involved this week. I suspect he will. Number 11, Aaron Jones. He seemed to be their primary pass catcher, even if he's not getting carries. He is the heart and soul of that Green Bay offense. They're going to need everything they've got to stay up with Buffalo. Number 10, Kenneth Walker. Walker has looked really incredible. We know Seattle wants to run the ball. Not a terrible matchup with the Giants. Number 9, Maybe it's wishful thinking. I'm hoping this is the week DeAndre Swift is finally back, and if he is, they're really going to need him. Number eight, Derrick Henry. Tennessee's playing Houston. Houston does not have a great rush defense. Number seven, I vaulted Joe Mixon up a little bit. Cleveland also has a somewhat suspect rush defense. That could be good news for Mixon. He also catches passes. Number six, Alvin Kamara. The Raiders are playing uh, against the Saints. I think that's going to be a more up-tempo game. And number five, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is doing incredibly. He's had uh, over 100 yards rushing. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. 
each of the last three weeks. He is really vaulting up there. He's RB4 on the season. I think he's looking like an easy top 10 selection going the rest of the season. They figure out how to use him, and I think they're going to ride the hot hand. Number four, Dalvin Cook, uh, Minnesota is in playing Arizona could be a good game. Number three, Jonathan Taylor, you know, Sam Ellinger being back there. Hopefully they remember that they should lean on the run and that they have one of the game's best running backs. Number two, Nick Chubb. There's nothing seemingly he can't do for the Browns. Although his coach thinks he shouldn't be involved in the passing game. I do disagree, but we shall see. And number one, Saquon Barkley having a great season. I think they're really going to need him to come through in a tough game against the first place Seahawks. Moving on to wide receiver number 12 for me, Amon Ross St. Brown, hoping he's back in there healthy. I think that could be an up-tempo game with Miami Dolphins. Number 11, Michael Pittman Jr. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Indianapolis and Washington are playing each other. Both of them traded for quarterbacks, traded each other for quarterbacks. Neither of those quarterbacks is playing. This could be the Depression Bowl. Number 10, Jalen Waddell. Um, he's doing well. Miami going against that Detroit defense that has struggled. Number nine, A.J. Brown for the Eagles in Pittsburgh. Number eight, C.D. Lamb for Dallas going against Chicago. Number seven, DeAndre Hopkins came straight off suspension, caught 10 passes for over 100 yards. He looks like he's in midseason form. Number six, Devontae Adams uh, for the Raiders going against New Orleans. Number five, Tyreek Hill. Again, I think this is going to be an up-tempo game. Number four, Stephon Diggs, number one receiver for the Bills going against Green Bay. Number three, Jamar Chase. He has been on fire of late, and I think he'll have another good game against Cleveland in primetime. Number two, Cooper Cup. The Rams already lost one to San Francisco. They really can't afford to get swept. Cooper Cup is the best part of their offense. And number one, Justin Jefferson, uh, who is having an amazing season. Tight end takes a little bit of a hit this week because Mark Andrews plays on Thursday night football, still recovering a little bit from injury and got a lot less usage last week. He is number one because Travis Kelsey is on a bye. The rest of your top 12. Number 12, I have Robert Tunyon. Tynan is such a toss-up. Number 11, Greg Dulcich. The guy has averaged 11.8 points the last two games. He seems to be the most functional and reliable part of Denver's offense right now. Number 10, Dalton Schultz picked back up <coughs> in the activity with Dak back. I think that continues. Number 9, Dawson Knox. He seems to be getting his mojo back, and it's a good thing for those who roster him in fantasy. Number eight, TJ Hawkinson uh, for Detroit. Again, I think that's going to be kind of a high up-tempo game, so I'm expecting some good things. Number seven, Dallas Goddard. Um, I think he's in for a good game. Philly really making the most out of the passing game. Number six, Darren Waller. Hopefully he's going to be back. Um, You know, as much as I thought Hunter Renfro would continue to be involved, they just don't seem to be using him. But when Waller's been healthy, he's done fine opposite Devontae Adams. Number five, Tyler Higby. He's probably been the second most reliable piece of the Rams offense, so I'll be curious to see him return from by and just put up those steady numbers. Number four, Pat Fryermuth. He was killing it uh, on Sunday night for the Steelers. I think he might be one of the more reliable parts of their pass offense. Number three, Zach Hurts. I know he had a bad game last week or a down game in terms of targets as they were getting D-hop back, but he's been having a great season. Number two, George Kittle. I think the 49ers are going to be really motivated. They want to get that win. They need to get back to 500. They need to get back in contention. They bet a lot on this season. And then, as I mentioned, number one, Mark Andrews. Before I get out of here, I'm going to transition to a Thursday night football game. The four and three Baltimore Ravens head to battle the three and four Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These are two teams that came into the season with a lot of expectations that haven't exactly lived up to the billing on offense. Um, you know, the Ravens 
Lamar Jackson has done a lot. They've had pieces of their pass offense that have been okay, uh, but it's been kind of vanilla and a little bit of a struggle. They've also blown some leads, which uh, has led to, you know, in a round 500 performance, the Buccaneers are just in an all-out slide, only mustered three points on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. They are also a team that's looking for answers. On the injury report, we'll start with the Ravens. Gus Edwards' return last week was a pretty big part of the offense. He is listed as questionable. So is Rashad Bateman and tight end Mark Andrews. Andrews notably only had one carry last week for a few yards and had no receptions. I know for fantasy, you are really hoping he gets back to being what he was. I, You're still rolling him out there. I still think talent-wise, he's tight end one. It was a weird game, but I'm, I'm hoping for better. The be- biggest question is we've been talking all season, you know, when was the running game going to get going for the Baltimore Ravens? Other than Lamar Jackson, it's been hard to know who to trust and who to rely on. J.K. Dobbins back on IR. It's been kind of a lost season for him. But getting Gus Edwards back, I think, was a real lift. So last week, he had 16 carries, 66 yards, and two touchdowns. In his three seasons he's played, he missed last year, of course, uh, with an injury. But in the three seasons that he's played, he's seen more than 130 carries, more than 700 yards rushing each season. And he's averaged more than five yards a tote. Those are all really good and encouraging numbers. I think he brings some stability and familiarity to the system. He only averaged 4.1 yards a tote coming back. I know he's listed as questionable. I think he's playing. I think he's a decent low-end RB2 or flex option at the least. I'm feeling pretty confident rolling him out there. On the flip side, uh, the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Julio Jones is listed as questionable, while Russell Gage and tight end Cameron Brait have already been ruled out. The big question you probably have going is what to expect in fantasy. If you were listening to my rankings, you know I didn't have Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, or Chris Godwin up in my top 12 anywhere. I still like all those guys. You're probably still starting them. Um, you know, Brady, you're probably starting in Superflex. I still have them in QB2 range. I still have Leonard Fournette in RB2 range, but they've really struggled to run the ball. They're not trying to run the ball a lot. Fournette was really helping himself out from a fantasy perspective in the passing game. Hopefully that will continue a little bit. I think the day would have looked different for the Buccaneers last week if Mike Evans hadn't dropped that long bomb. But there's something going on. They don't have that mojo. Maybe being at home against the Ravens, who have been a more pass-friendly defense, will help get things going. I've just lowered my expectations for Evans and Godwin and Fournette and for Brady this week. You're probably still playing them because of where you drafted them. You may not have a lot better options. We also have bye weeks and injuries that we're contending with. It scares me a little bit that everyone's coming back on a Thursday night game. I don't know what kind of week of practice it must have been for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you just have to hope for a little something better. And that brings us to our game picks. Matt and Dennis weren't able to join me today, but they were able to send in their game picks. I'll start with Dennis. He is taking the home team Buccaneers. He thinks they're going to bounce back at home and be able to exploit a weakened Baltimore secondary. And that would be good news for those who are firing up Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, because likely those two guys would be heavily involved if they can get it going and they can get a win on Thursday night. I'm less bullish on that happening. I am actually taking the Ravens, and so is Matt. I just think the Ravens are playing a little bit better right now. Um, They seem to be able to 
to pull it out when they need to. This is two teams that probably both really need a win. The Ravens are going to have to keep pace uh, with Cincinnati and with some of the big teams in the AFC. And the Buccaneers are actually now teetering on the edge of whether or not they can even make the playoffs, which is not something we predicted in August. We'll see what kind of a game this is. You know, on paper, it looks like a great matchup, one of the better offerings that Thursday night football has had. But I somehow feel like this is going to be a game in the teens and low 20s. I am not expecting a lot of fireworks. As I said, I am picking the Ravens. That'll wrap it up for today. Dennis, Matt, and I will all be back on Friday as we preview the rest of the Week 8 slate, including a pretty fun Sunday night game and an interesting Monday night game that I'm sure Matt and Dennis are looking forward to as the Browns and the Bengals clash in an AFC North battle. Until then, if you want to hop on and give us a rate and a review, we would really appreciate it. And uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and look forward to a great Thursday night football. Touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head.